0: This is Live Well Talk on single-port robotic surgery. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at UnityPoint Health St. Luke's Hospital. The first single-port robotic surgery was performed here in 2019 by Dr. John Rippentrop, uh, urology extraordinaire from Phys- Physicians Clinic of Iowa, uh, who performed said surgery uh, to remove a cancerous uh, prostate. At that time, St. Luke's was the only hospital in the state of Iowa, and perhaps extended most to the Midwest doing single-port Da Vinci robotic surgery. Uh, it was initially released to a, a number of hospitals, a limited number of hospitals in the world, but uh, we've been a leader in eastern Iowa since its inception back in 2015. So join me today to discuss more about this, these advances being made in surgical procedures, Dr. John Rippentrop. Welcome.
1: Yeah, thanks very much, Dr. Arnold. Appreciate being here.
0: Now, first thing, robots. Um, do Isaac Asimov's laws of robotics apply to these robots? 100%.
1: They will
0: not harm human beings? They will not harm human beings. And they, they can't violate the first law. Okay. No. Right. That is good. They're really not robots, are they?
1: No. They're really an uh, enhanced computer surgery uh, that allows the surgeon's hand movements to be scaled to a much finer degree to allow better precision. With smaller incisions and and quicker recovery.
0: I I always tell patients that the human hand cannot rotate 360 degrees. Correct. Right.
1: But the robotic robotic instrument can, 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 and in fact, even more. And so um, it certainly allows a lot of wristed movements as well. So in other words, what your hand does, it can do that and more. You can let go of the device and turn it again so that you can rotate things more than 360 degrees if the situation calls for it.
0: It's pretty amazing. And did these all start with urology surgeries down in the pelvis, or was it gyne that started this? Where did it start? So ultimately,
1: um, if you look at where robots started in healthcare, it was originally technology that was developed by the U.S. government in an effort to try and have a robotic system to start operating on soldiers as they came back from the battlefield. So you would have a remote surgeon in, in a tent somewhere who was already operating before Before the uh, wounded soldier came, well, the logistics behind that are a lot, and so it never really came to that. But it was that driving force that then uh, propelled this into the medical society as you and I know it. Um, So similar to Tang,
0: they invited invented that for 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 astronauts, yeah.
1: And now okay, without the orange flavor, we have robotics. Tang, Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I think that's
1: great. Sorry to interrupt. Go on. Yeah, no, it's perfect. Uh, Ultimately. Uh, Some of the first laparoscopic surgery, so even before robotics, was actually done uh, by urologists. And so it made a natural transition then when a robotic system was being developed to have urologists be the ones to adopt this as an as an early model. And really, the pelvis, the human pelvis, specifically in this case, the male, is a great place for this to be used. It's a very small space. It's very difficult to operate with with your hands down there because there's not a lot of working space. And so the transition of allowing a robotic instrument, which is a very small instrument to be used down there, uh, was a natural substrate for us to start in terms of robotics. Additionally, It's also a reconstructive surgery. So it's more than just taking a prostate out, specifically in prostate removal for cancer. It's also about reconstructing that bladder and that urethra together. So there's sewing involved, which laparoscopically, meaning with small incisions, but handheld instruments is a very difficult procedure to do uh, from a technical perspective. But when you have wristed ability, such that robotics provides, uh, it allowed a natural place to sort of start the robotic system. So yes, in the early 2000s urologic surgery really was the first FDA-approved use of robotics. And similarly now with single port technology, which instead of four incisions is a single incision, um, urologic surgery is, is again, the first FDA-approved uh, procedure um, for that utilization. And we've been blessed enough to be doing it here since October of 2019.
0: Yeah. And I, I we should clarify that port is the entry where these instruments go into the human body Correct. Uh, it Correct. is not a place where you park a boat.
1: No, they're okay. much much smaller. These would be bathtub That'd boats. Be good.
0: So, how when you can uh, consolidate into one mm-hmm. entry, single rather than four? Uh, how big is that compared to the little small yeah. incisions? So, uh, the robotic system, the four robotic system,
1: which we still use for other applications. Um, those incision sites typically are about eight millimeters or in size or a centimeter. You can think about it like maybe a little over a quarter of an inch. Um, the single port is about one inch in size in terms of the incision, which sounds like quite a bit bigger, but the difference really is that instead of having multiple different spots that are moving around along the abdominal wall, you have one stationary incision and the interesting part about this is then all the instruments actually go through this incision through a, through a little, uh, what we call a cannula, which looks like a great big straw. And then they all deploy on the inside of the human. So, so ultimately it looks like Doc Ock from, from Spider-Man is that the instruments get inside and then they kind of deploy out so that you can use them in a wristed fashion. It's really pretty amazing. And from a, from a prostate removal perspective, We'd have these nice small incisions, including the one where the camera was in a four-armed system, and then we'd have to get the prostate out, which would be approximately a one-inch incision to get the prostate removed. And so, really, it uh, the incision size is the same, if actually not smaller than before when you're removing a prostate, and you don't have the other
0: four incisions involved. Okay, and that speeds up recovery, obviously. Yeah. Um, what is the if you had to compare, obviously, open in comparison to closed there is a significant advantage of um of the length of the surgery as opposed to the healing process of a larger incision but really the take home here is that the pelvis is a small area it's and you need uh refined instruments not just uh laparoscopic chopsticks uh to pull it mm-hmm. off but you need you need that those enhancements that we talked about correct
1: yeah and y- you know Along with that, uh, the camera system is a three-dimensional HD camera system, which with laparoscopic uh, instrumentation, that's a two-dimensional thing. So that's like operating with one eye shut. Um, So you don't have any depth perception with the robotics system, whether it's a four-armed or a single-port system. You will have depth perception involved, which is really important when you're trying to make precise things in very sensitive, sensitive organs.
0: I I, I guess the point I clumsily was stumbling towards was – that this is more than just a single port, right? I mean, it is robotic surgery gives you an advantage for the reasons you discussed. This mm-hmm. just isn't simply. I mean, there's an advantage here beyond the single port. The single port is just added onto the, the 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 enhancements that can take place to do pelvic surgery, like you're describing.
1: Correct. So it takes all of the advances that we had from our former urologic robotic or just robotic system. Is certainly a Used for other things beyond urology, and it enhances it to the next level. You know, and and if you inherently as I think about robotics, and I think about it probably a little bit more than most people, uh, because I kind of geek out in that way, you know, I think the 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 concept of having one incision and having all of the instruments you need deploy through that one incision is the thing that sort of makes sense. If you were to describe how you would want something to work, right? If I said I was going to have a robot and it made four holes in you to make that robot work, you'd say, well, that's silly. Why wouldn't we do it through one hole? Right. But it's the technology advancement. And the next will be potentially that we find that incision gets even smaller. The instrumentation gets smaller. That does, it allows us to be less invasive and that makes a big difference in terms of recovery, both from pain and, and just and even I, outcomes. You, you
0: know, you do you are talking to patients a lot more than I do, of course, with about informed consent, recovery process, etc. Mm-hmm. You know, but that is always the first question out of people's mind mouth is, you know, hey, you have this diagnosis, how long's recovery? You know, they don't really ask what I'm going to do to them; they just ask me when will they get better and be able to get back to work, right. which is. You know, on some level, a compliment to the patient that that's what they they have a goal, and we want mm-hmm. to fulfill that goal. What it was the what's the recovery time? Yeah,
1: so I that's almost one of the struggles I think with the single port system, and I and I would answer that by saying you actually feel pretty good pretty early on, but you still have an incision that needs to heal. And you know, I talk to a lot of these folks whether I'm doing kidney surgery and, it, and it's on a gal or on a guy, or whether you're doing um, prostate surgery, you really need to consciously limit yourself. So you're looking at four to six weeks before I want you doing any heavy lifting because you don't want to get a hernia. It's not that you feel necessarily limited by, gosh, I can't do that. It's, you know, a week of discomfort. Uh, we're, we're increasingly doing those as outpatient surgeries, um, which of course was Pushed ahead by the current medical climate in terms of bed shortages. And, but it's really advanced how we think about sending people home. And so it's almost coaching them not to get too excited about the fact that they feel pretty good pretty early on. Um, whereas pain would be a limiting factor. Ah, oh, that hurts. I'm not going to do it. Now it's, you've got their spouse saying, Harold, you're not supposed to be doing that. Oh, I feel fine, mother. You know, and, and so
0: um, Harold is always messing. I know that guy. I don't know what you can do by no, 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 just, just keep talking at him. So about how long, how long does this, obviously they're, each person's different, but across the board, how long does the surgery take? How much general anesthesia?
1: Yeah. You know, it really depends what we're doing and in the situation. And so uh, on the short end of things, probably if, if we're specifically talking about removal of a prostate, anywhere between 90 minutes uh, of kind of going to sleep and waking up to anywhere to to two and a half hours. Um, and it kind of depends on what we're needing to do, um, which is really right in line with what we were doing with the multi-arm system um, and certainly is uh, a favorable amount of time in terms of general anesthesia.
0: Now, is your assistant always one of another urologist or sometimes is it uh, mm-hmm. just one of our highly trained surgical techs mm-hmm.
1: or... Uh, typically it's going to be one of my partners who's also a urologist uh, there are times where sometimes it's a surgical tech there but not very often yeah. but they do a
0: great job yeah no we've did a, actually a day in the life of a surgical tech and I oh, think yeah. we've established well that they're highly trained and, and uh, do do outstanding work and we're glad they're here um, what do you th- what do you see next in robotics?
1: I think just that you know we're talking about a two centimeter cannula now um and i think that already the instrumentation through that is developing better in terms of of grip strength being able to hold on to things right now one of the big areas is haptics so what that really means is when i when when a surgeon grabs a piece of tissue you can't tell how hard you're pulling on that you can't tell how hard you're squeezing that it's all visual cues and so what they're really trying to develop is the ability for you to be able to tell the difference when you're pulling your, when you're, let's just say tying a knot, you're pulling that suture tight. How can you tell when that's tight without actually feeling it? And so they're trying to get that type of feedback. And whether that's with like a vibration, like sometimes when you're typing with your phone or whether there's a tone associated with that, 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 that increases in, in, in its pitch, um, as it, you know, gets closer as the, as it gets more taut that's really the next thing in terms of the current system and then i think the instrumentation will just get smaller you know um and that will be the next thing and that's the interesting part is you're not quite
0: sure what's next until it's normal yeah that that is fascinating so so clearly like a lot of things smaller right you mm-hmm. know i mean you the the saying that you have more computer power in your cell phone than they had for the we talked about uh, space missions earlier in right. Tang than they had for that. So that that's interesting. Well, do you see any other, um, uh, as far as like maybe speed of the surgery or um, along those lines? You know, or, or do you think at some point you're going to be able to do more type of surgeries this way? I, I think the
1: number of surgeries or the types of surgeries that you can do with this are really limited only by your imagination. Okay. Frankly. I think that. There are, are already surgeries you would never have thought you would do robotically, that people are doing robotically. Their argument can be, should you, and, and based on the incision that you need when you're done to get things out, doesn't make sense. But, you know, that's, that's perhaps an argument for another day. Um, so when it, when it comes to speed associated with surgery, you know, I, one thing that I often tell folks who come along and are learning robotics is, you know, never confuse speed with quality but certainly repetition offers efficiency and efficiency then usually equates to decreased operative times. Now that's not to say that having a longer surgery means that you had a worse surgery, but I think perhaps what we're gonna see in terms of the marrying of technology is we will be able to use a three-dimensional CAT scan or an MRI that's reconstructed uh, for the robotic system. And that you can actually do the procedure in advance. You can actually practice the procedure in advance and say, "Oh, I'm taking out part of a kidney. Here's where the blood supply is. I'm going to generate this model in advance and go through and think about how specifically
0: this is for that patient.
1: Specifically for that
0: patient. It's not some sort of uh, now, if you
1: wanted to take that way down the road, you could say, "Well, we're going to hook you up to the robot and, like a 3D printer, have you know the computer model." do it for you sort of like an autopilot. I I mean that's nowhere in the immediate offering, but you know, you could potentially see that someday. And so it's all these little steps that sort of happen with each new iteration of the robotic system or really any medical technology that often you don't pay much attention to those little steps and then there's a big leap forward. Right. right. And that's really this single port system is sort of the next big leap forward. Um where it goes next. I don't know. I'm excited to be here to find out.
0: I've said in other podcasts that, you know, I think urology uh, was one of them. Gastroenterology had a lot of toys come on the market maybe 10 years ago of new new ways to do things Mm -hmm. in in ultrasound, endoscopy, et cetera, your robotic advancements. Then here recently, it's been cardiology. They have one small advancement in some sort of non-invasive valvular repair, and it blossoms into all these other things. And I I think urology is due for that, or at least the robotic realm of medicine is probably due for a little expansion or, yeah. or explosion of innovation. Um, last question. Why urology? I, I mean, you weren't smart enough to be in general medicine. <laughs> that's given, you know, and I know, yeah. you, I know you freely admit that.
1: And, 100%. Uh, you know, yeah. I actually lost a bet. Uh, nope. Nope. That's actually not true. I was actually going to do pediatrics and I had urology scheduled last in my rotation. And I was doing my family practice rotation at an outlying hospital. And they had a hometown urologist there. And my family practitioner was gone. And so he set me up with that urologist to spend the day never having done any urology before. And we took care of a couple of kidney stones. And we took a kidney out for kidney cancer. And the guy really enjoyed what he did. And he was fixing people. And he, we did some clinic. And his patients just all... I mean, it really got along really well. And and it just made sense to me that I could go into something where you could have a good standing relationship with patients over time and develop a relationship with them because we see our patients for a long period of time, depending on what we're doing, which is great because I love that relationship. But you could also fix things. So it wasn't like you were just slapping another medication on their blood pressure, which probably would never get better, but at least you're making their blood pressure better while they're on the medication you can actually fix a kidney yeah, stuff.
0: I, I, th- I think urology is one of those specialties where you have a problem and you can fix it mm-hmm. um and it's you're not just modifying the course of that problem you're actually resolving it yeah you know and that was appealing uh, but, to me yeah i i can see that that that's uh, that does uh that does make sense um that and you're not smart enough to be an internal medicine doctor. Like, and right? I lost a bet. Yes, of course. Mm-hmm.
1: You know. I just want to give a shout out to Unity Point St. Luke's about their approach to robotics since the beginning of 2005, because they have always tried to maintain a safe, but cutting edge approach to embracing this technology. And that's always meant capital investment. That's meant spending money because you don't get paid more to do it robotically. So this is really something that St. Luke's Unity Point has provided and wanted to give really to the people of Cedar Rapids and now the surrounding area because we're seeing this as a tertiary referral area. And that now is even present with the single port system. We're still the only place in the state that has this. It's not at the University of Iowa. You know, it's not anywhere else in the state of Iowa. And that's because of an investment that was done in 2019. And there's a lot of reasons why that hasn't happened since, you know, there was 2020, there's Covid and everybody kind of lost their budget, but St. Luke's has stuck with that and wants to keep sticking with that. And what that results in is people who want to come here to have their healthcare done from all over the state and beyond. And that really says a lot about the vision of of UnityPoint St. Luke's and what they think about in terms of technology. And I think that's really
0: laudable, commendable, and you know needs to be recognized. I, I've yet in my leadership position to be in a meeting where. We did not prioritize patient care. Yeah, and then we figured out the finances afterwards. Yeah, you know um, that that and that's that's why I continue to do my job and I love it because we really are making a difference in people's lives and yeah. that's that's uh, uh, that's important.
1: It's fun to be affiliated with that too because yeah, it's it exciting is. for me, you know, to want to push that stuff ahead and to have the backing of a place like this is great. Well, so thank the, you, thank you to you
0: guys. You, you've been a leader and an easy partner to work with uh, to yeah. collaborate with. Yeah, appreciate it. Well, hey, thanks for joining me. This yeah, is Dr. Happy John, to be here. John Rippentrop from Physicians Clinic of Iowa uh, to discuss robotic surgery. He really has led the program for uh, since I've been the chief medical officer, uh, which goes back to 2011, hard to believe. Uh, and if you have more uh, questions to, to learn about, please visit our website at unitpoint.org and click on the surgery section where you'll see all the information about robotic surgery and even some videos of robotic surgery. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.